we started a series, meaning we take a topic and pick about it, uh, talk about it for a couple of weeks, and we started one uh, a couple of weeks ago called Forgotten Virtues. This is number, week three. We're going to do one more next week. Um, so today's topic is, is integrity. Uh, we're going to review real quick the last couple of weeks. Uh, we started off with the virtue of honor, virtue of honor, and we said respect is earned, honor is given. And I think that really is, a, is what makes it complicated for us because if I don't respect you, I feel like I shouldn't honor you. Uh, but God says <laughs> we are to honor those in authority over us, government authorities, your boss, uh, children honor your parents, spouse should honor one another, uh, we should honor each other. But your respect has to be earned. Your respect for me, my respect for you has to be earned. Uh, if you want to go back and watch these or listen to these, they are available. Last week, we talked about <clears throat> loyalty, loyalty. And we said this, loyalty is proven, not proclaimed. We all think we're loyal. We say we're loyal. But when the rubber meets the road, is that the way it goes? Uh, are we re really loyal? Peter couldn't stay loyal to Jesus uh, that li last night of Jesus' life. So, loyalty. Today's topic, integrity. Uh, it's one of my favorites, meaning if I was going to make the list of forgotten virtues, I would have integrity near the top. So I want to start out with, I think this is a strange observation about us and our society. People are more shocked by integrity than they are by the lack of it. Probably most of us have paid for something at a cash register, got our change, we got our change back and we counted it and we got too much money. This has happened to me multiple times. What do you do? Well, I tell the cashier, I'm sorry, but you gave me too much money. Or they think, well, that's normal. Most people would do that. No, they are surprised, if not shocked, <laughs> even if it's a small amount of money, change, that you and I would be honest enough, have enough integrity to say, no, you uh, gave me too much money. In fact, most people would be surprised that we would do that, right? That we would have that amount of integrity. Um, had just the opposite thing happen to me this week. I was buying some uh, wooden siding for the care home. It's 30 plus years old and it needs to be replaced. And I bought some a few months ago, but I bought four times as much this time. So I know how much it cost me before I asked him what the price was. He said it five cents cheaper a foot. So I said, oh, that's nice. And so he added it up and told me how much it was. And then the phone rang, and he was on the phone. This was at uh, a midnight mill. And uh, I started adding it up in my head. And I said, no, this, this isn't right. So I said, excuse me, <laughs> once he got off the phone. Either you made a mistake last time, because I'm not sure. Um, I trusted him to calculate, or you made a mistake this time. So he thought about it, and he said, oh, I'm sorry, I made a mistake. And so it was quite a bit <laughs> cheaper or the right price was a bit cheaper. Now, him, he, he being a person of integrity, thanked me for telling me. He wasn't upset for that, thinking, oh, I could have got hundreds of dollars out of this guy that he didn't owe me. I was thinking about when we lived in Portugal when we first got there. Their money is kind of strange. The bills are different sizes, and of course there's different coins. And so what we would do when we went to the stores, the first months we were there, first weeks anyway, we'd open our, take our money out and hold it before the cashier. 
Now, we could have gotten taken a bunch of times. We don't know. But the Portuguese people seem to be have pretty much integrity, at least back in the 80s when we were doing this. And so uh, uh, that's how we did it. But we see this in all aspects of our society. I was thinking about sports figures. We kind of hold sports figures up because of their amazing sports ability. But we can go back to people like O.J., fantastic football player, but not a person of integrity. You follow sports now. Brett Favre is in questionable circumstances now. A great quarterback, but how much integrity does he have? When I think of integrity, I think about character. I remember back in the, uh, I think it was when Clinton, President Clinton was running for the second term, one of the mantras was that character doesn't matter. Do you remember that? Those of us that are older have to remember that? And, and, and that's just bizarre to me that character doesn't matter. In some ways, evidently it didn't because he showed lack of character integrity in his first term and still was re-elected. Uh, we've seen pastors, famous pastors, pat, uh, wonderful pa uh, preachers, uh, big churches, and you know, either get in trouble financially or uh, sexually involved with somebody else. And again, not have integrity. And we can see it even in our friendships. I know personally that uh, pastors tend to uh, not let people in too, much, too, too far. Uh, one of the problems with pastors is they don't have enough friends. It's probably our faults. But anyway, I can recall three times in my ministry that I've let somebody in. I was kind of being an accountability partner, or, we'd, or I would be uh, sharing things with them that most people wouldn't know. All three times, I felt betrayed by these, these, these men. Uh, they accused me of stuff I didn't do and diff other different things. And so, uh, integrity is really not admired in our society, in our culture. But I would suggest to you... <laughs> that it is a big deal to God. So here's a definition, not a dictionary definition, but just a working definition of integrity. It's when your behavior matches your beliefs. Now, again, not what you say, but what you truly believe. All right? There's sometimes a difference. It's what we do when no one's looking. All right? When we're, uh, nobody's at home and we're on our computer, what do we look at? Uh, when nobody's looking, when nobody knows. What do we do with our money when nobody knows? So I got to thinking about those of us who are Jesus followers, is there a different component to this definition? So I added something to Christian integrity, and this is what I put. When your behavior matches God's word or what God says. So I have integrity with God when I do what he says. Uh, I should also have integrity with others. We usually find a Proverbs verse that talks about this topic. If you, um, if you research this, the word integrity shows up in Scripture, especially modern translations, more than I remember. But here's a verse from Proverbs. The integrity of the upright, upright's kind of a synonym of integrity, guides them or guides us. But the opposite, they use the word crookedness, of the treacherous destroy them. Another translation used the term, and I love this term, moral courage. Because it takes courage to have integrity, doesn't it? 
That's why we don't see a lot in our society. It's easier, initially at least, not to have integrity. I seem to want to, I possibly can get ahead further by not having integrity. So it takes moral courage. Now notice the author here says it guides us. It helps us keep on track. I'm sure, sure you'd agree with me. It's easy to get off track morally, financially, uh, relationally, and so forth. So integrity helps keep me on track. I'm concerned about what's doing right. Once I know what's doing right, hopefully I will do it. But I think one of the things that has destroyed or at least ruining our society is the lack of integrity or trust or character, whatever word you would like to use. Um, I'm going to look at an Old Testament example of, I think, amazing integrity, uh, especially if you look at uh, those in leadership, not only here, but other places around the world. A guy by the name of Samuel. Now, Samuel was the head guy in the country of Israel at one point. And uh, he was also a prophet. So he was like the king. He wasn't the king, but he was a prophet. But he was the head guy in, in the nation of Israel. And then what happened was, the people decided they wanted a king like the other countries. And Samuel goes to God, and God says, yeah, give him a king. They don't realize what they're asking for, but go ahead and do it. So he anoints Saul king. So now he's at the end of his being the head honcho, right? Now it's Saul. So he, he addresses the nation of Israel, and it's just fascinating what he says. The questions he asks. And again, the response he got back. So this is in 1 Samuel chapter 12. He's saying to the nation of Israel, I have served you as leader from the time I was a boy to this very day. Now, testify against me. Yeah. Give me your feedback. In the presence of the Lord and before his anointing one, so I don't want you to lie, but, you know, truthfully. <clears throat> So, here's my question, or his question, or multiple questions. Whose, uh, whose ox or donkey have I stolen? Can we bring that up? It's easy to read. Have I ever cheated any of you? Okay, anybody? Ever? Have I ever oppressed you? Put on unfair burdens upon you. Have I ever taken a bribe or perverted justice? Tell me, and I will make it right, whatever I've done wrong. So, you got a free shot at me. Let me know anything I've done wrong. Um, if whatever it is, I am committing to making it right. All right? So, that's what he says. So, speak up. I have to think about this. <laughs> One day, I will be retired. And I can imagine what would happen if I got up and asked the same question. Now, I pray that... I, most people consider me a person of integrity. Now, some people don't like me, and some people don't think, like some of the things I've done, but that's not the question he asked. Um, tell me where I've fallen short, where I haven't had integrity. What did they say? What did the people say? They said, no. No, you, you haven't had a lack of integrity. You have never cheated or oppressed us. And you've never taken even a single bribe. The Lord has his, and his anointed one are my witnesses today. This is Samuel talking now. All right. 
that being King Saul, that my hands are clean, my conscience is clear. Yes, he is a witness, they reply. Samuel had been trustworthy as a leader with, you know, the most power. There's another issue that comes into this idea uh, character, and that's this, reputation. Now, they're not the same thing. Reputation is who others think you are. So, you may not know me very well, or you may know me pretty well, um, but however you think of me may not be completely true, right? So, I might have a good reputation or a bad reputation. It might not be based on truth. Integrity, on the other hand, is who I am or you are, really. The real truth. So I want to look at something uh, King David wrote. Uh, he, ha- he, he had some great qualities and some not-so-good qualities. But ultimately, he was a person of integrity after, after his mess-ups. So Psalm 15 he asked the question, okay, who can fellowship? Who can worship? Who can hang out with God? Or who does God welcome to hang out with him? So he words it this way. Who may worship in your sanctuary, Lord? Who may enter your presence on your holy hill? Right. His answer is basically going to be those with integrity. It's kind of fascinating as we look at his response. So... Uh, Reading on. Who? Those who lead blameless lives and do what is right. Sounds like integrity to me, right? Those who do what is right. Speaking the truth from sincere hearts. Again, sounds like integrity. Those who refuse to gossip or harm their neighbors or speak evil of their friends. I got thinking about this one. This is a tough one, isn't it? It's so easy for us to, we hear something juicy or not so nice about somebody, even if we consider them friends. James tells us the tongue is the hardest thing to control. I don't think we think about our words influencing our integrity, but they're a huge part of it. He goes on. Those who despise flagrant sinners and honor the faithful followers of the Lord. Again, person of integrity. I love this next phrase. It keeps their promises. Do you and I keep our promises? Even when it hurts, even when it's difficult, even when it's costly. That's where we're most likely to compromise our integrity, isn't it? It goes on. Those who lend money to the poor without interest. That was part of the Old Testament law. Who do not accept bribes against the innocent. Whoever does these things will never be shaken. Wow, I thought, wow, wouldn't that be cool to never be shaken? To stand firm? And David's writing here saying, okay, if you're a person of integrity, you can stand firm. 
If you're a person who keeps your promises, you don't need to be shaken. You don't need to be upset. So I kind of wanted to, to, to itemize some of these things I see on this, this list. But this is an amazing promise of God, isn't it? So a couple of components of what he said, I think, is this. You can, benefits of integrity, you can walk closely with God. Now, the way I thought about it is this way. Those of us who are parents that have children, we raise our parents with our moral values, right? Okay? So when our kids grow up, go out on their own, if they're living according to our values, there's a certain sense of uh, fellowship or connectedness we have with them. But if they start going off and doing other stuff that we don't approve of, lifestyle choices, then there's all, this, this, truly, there's this barrier. No matter how much you wouldn't want it to be there, there's this barrier when your morals are different than my morals, isn't there? Now, don't misunderstand me. I still love my kids just the same. But there is a barrier, is the best word I can think of, that something that is hindering our closeness, our, our connectedness, when your values are different than the values, my values, the values that, I, that you grew up with. So we walk closer or closely with God when we are people of integrity. Secondly, we have a built-in guide. Isn't that amazing? You and I, the presence of the Holy Spirit in our lives, we have this built-in guide. We call it, let your conscience be your guide. It's a little tricky if you've got shaky integrity. But if you're truly seeking God, asking God, the Spirit of God, I'm sure we've all felt convicted about something or felt that we were doing the wrong thing or thought we were wanting to do the wrong thing, right? And we get to situations where we say, what do, I'm not sure, what should I do? What should I do? Well, we have a built-in guide to help us. Not that we always get it right. Thirdly, I love this one. You will have constant peace. Some of us don't have any peace, but constant peace in your heart. When you lay your head down on your pillow at night, can you just fall asleep because there are no regrets? Or do you lay there saying, what if they find out? What if they knew? No peace. I don't lay my head on a pillow on the night and say, oh no, what if they find out I did the right thing? What if they find out that I'm an honest person? I can have peace when I have a life of integrity. And lastly, uh, we have some gains. We gain respect, honor, influence, whatever it might be. You want to be, because you're married, you want to be a great, in my case, husband. Part of that is being, having, living a life of integrity, not having secrets. You want to be a great parent, those are your parents. Huge part of that is being a person of integrity, a person that keeps their word, keeps their promises. Uh, especially with your children. You want to be a great employee? Be a person of integrity. If you get paid for 40 hours, work 40 hours. Came across this fascinating story. As you know, I like to run. Can't run much anymore. But um, this guy's name was Ivan. He was from the Basque area of northern Spain. And he was a cross-country runner. 
in uh, track, you would call it 5,000 meters. Right? So he's in this race, and a Kenyan is ahead of him. Kind of world-renowned record holder. Kenyan's ahead of him. But he's running in second place. Well, this Kenyan, cross-country meets are kind of weird. It's hard to tell where the finish line is sometimes. So this guy stops 10 meters short of the finish line. He thought he had finished, crossed the finish line. He stopped. So Ivan's running in second place. Now he, had, he had two choices, right? He could zoom past him and win the race. Would that be fair? Would that be a person of integrity? Now, he, they didn't speak the same language, so he kind of yelled and waved to this guy. The guy got the message, and he, and he ran and won the race. Now, of course, like I said, our culture is more surprised by integrity than, than lack of integrity. So what did the reporters do? They came to Ivan and said, why did you do that? You could have won the race. Now, I didn't, don't remember all he said, but he did say one thing that I, that I uh, remember. I am going to be known, my name is going to be known more for the fact that I had integrity than if I had won the race. And that's true too, isn't it? Would I be giving you talking about Ivan today if he had won that race? I would have never known. What made him unique, somebody worthy to talk about, was the fact that he had integrity. And if he had won the race, he would have gotten a place on the Spanish uh, Olympic team. I don't know if he ever did. I didn't check and see if he did. Integrity. He had... He has honor, and he has influence, and he has respect because of integrity, even though he did loss, came in second in the race. Now, on the other hand, what's the opposite of integrity? Don't look at your outlines. <laughs> what do you think the opposite of integrity is? What people say about us in here. What's the word not, uh, people that aren't religious or not Christian say about Christians? What's the big word they like to use? It starts with an H. Hypocrite. Well, that was easy to get out of you folks. The opposite of integrity is hypocrisy. Now, the word, liter, Greek word literally means actor. So I got thinking about Greek actors. Um, how did they do acting? Did they go to acting school and learn to do all these facial expressions to communicate their feelings? What did they do? Pull that next slide up. They had a mask. So when they were sad, they just had to put the sad mask up. Just hold it up there right in front of their face. They didn't have to act at all. The weird thing would be, they may be laughing behind the mask, but we wouldn't know, would we? Or vice versa. We even have a term. We're putting on a mask or wearing a mask. Meaning we're hiding our feelings, right? Now, to some extent, we all do this. In fact, when people ask me how you're doing, if it's somebody I don't really know and I think they're just being polite, I'll say, I'm fine, or... I'm doing good. If you really ask me, like I mentioned uh, Roy Jones a couple weeks ago, how'd your week go? I felt he really wanted to know. So I stopped and thought about it and answered as honestly as I can. Now, what are some times you and I are wearing masks? It's when we try and justify our behavior. Right? When there's something we're keeping secret. You try and justify not-so-great behavior, you're hiding a mask, wearing a mask. 
You're hiding. Now, all these virtues we talked about, the one thing they have in common, they're hard to see in the mirror, aren't they? It's hard to see when you and I are hypocrites. That's why people out there say that about us, because we are sometimes, and they see it, and we don't. Jesus was hard on hypocrites. Jesus was harder on the religious leaders than he was on the people, you know, prostitutes, uh, tax collectors, lowest people on the social totem pole. He was harder on the religious leaders. Pretty interesting, isn't it? Well, there's a chapter in Matthew, we call it the seven woes, where Jesus talks about hypocrisy. And we're going to take time to do all seven. (laughs) I'm going to pick one of my favorites, woe number six, if you will. He says this, this translation says, What sorrow awaits, our woe to you, teachers of religious law and you Pharisees. There's our word. What's the word? Hypocrites, right? Why are you hypocrite? For you are like whitewashed tombs, beautiful on the outside, but what's on the inside? Dead people's bones and all sorts of impurity. So he said, judgment's coming for people who are hypocrites. People are going to find out. And then he clarifies it this way. Outwardly, you look like righteous people. So they followed all the rules as best people can tell. But inwardly, your hearts are filled with hypocrisy, duplicity, and lawlessness. So integrity starts in here. The easy thing is to wear a mask, isn't it? So here's a question, an important question I want to ask, and we'll be finished soon. What is your integrity worth? What's it worth? And it's kind of odd when you start thinking about it, because we're willing to give up our integrity for pretty much small things. I told you this story years ago. Uh, first year of my marriage, I was, Mel and I were working as carpenters for one company, and they didn't want to give us a raise, and we thought we deserved one, so we went to work for this other company. It was called Comar and because um, they paid us more. So one day, I'm kind of the assistant to these two guys that were laying bricks or blocks, I can't remember. I'm mix- carrying those and mixing up the, the uh, cement. Anyway, somebody's house out in the country, but there's an apple tree in the front yard. So I just picked an apple off it and ate it. I didn't think anything of it. Well, these two guys weren't Christians, and they knew I was <laughs> who I was. And so they started giving me a hard time about stealing an apple. So my integrity, in that case, was worth an apple. What about when you fill, your, fill out a resume? Lie on your resume? What's your integrity worth? Maybe getting the job, I suppose, or not getting the job. And I think of people uh, maybe working in an office, and you take home a pen or a some paper. Now, if your boss tells you that's okay, that's fine. But we don't think anything of it. They'll never miss it. You know, I'm, we justify by saying, well, I'm really frugal, so I'm saving the money in the long run, you know. Your integrity is worth a pen, some paper? I'll mention it, but I'm not going to talk about tax returns. What's it worth? Came across this cute story, this woman. Um, she would go buy a new outfit. I'm not telling you ladies to do this. She would buy a new outfit, put it in her closet for a couple months. Then when she put it on and her husband asked, oh, is that new? She said, no, I've had this for months. 
What is your integrity worth? A new outfit. There's this guy in the, in the Old Testament that had such amazing integrity. We know him as Job. Looks like Job. And the writer of the, of the book of Job is recording this. Said, I don't know how he knew this. God revealed it to him or whatever. This conversation went on in heaven between God and Satan. And God says, hey, look at my servant Job, how noble and honorable and how much integrity he has. And Satan says, well, that's because you give him everything. He's a rich man. He's got everything he wants. He's got a nice family. He's, health, he's healthy and everything. So God says, okay, you can take that all away from him. And so it's exactly what happens. He goes from having a lot to having nothing. His children all die. It's interesting to me, he left his wife around to nag him, but I don't know, know what that's all about. Um, so now, he has nothing. And so Satan comes back to God again, and God says, hey, look at my servant Job, look at how much integrity he has. He's lost all this, and he's still faithful to me. And Satan says, oh, that's because he's got good health. So God says, okay, you can take away his health, but you can't kill him. And in one place, Job says this, even if God would kill me or slay me, I would still trust him. So then he has these three friends come along and say, okay, according to the theology, when things are going good, you and God are good. When things aren't going good, you've done something to make God mad at you. And so they have this it's a fascinating book. They have this dialogue, and they keep telling Job, why don't you admit you're messed up, and that's why your life is falling apart? And Job kept saying, no, I haven't messed up. So I'm just going to read you two verses as part of this conversation he's having with these friends. Now, can we bring that up? I will never concede that you are right. This has happened to me because I've messed up. I will defend my, here's our word, integrity until I die. I will maintain my innocence without wavering. My conscience is clear as long as I live. I have no regrets. So I put this on your outline. When you have integrity, nothing else matters. Don't have integrity, again, nothing else matters. So here's an interesting thing about integrity. It's easier to keep integrity than it is to recover. I don't know if I ever did recover integrity with those, those two block layers from just picking that apple. So what do you do when you lose integrity? Get to know Jesus intimately. <clears throat> See, you and I can't live a life of integrity on our own. We're sinful, right? So we need God's help. So the more closer I am to God, the easier it is for me to keep my integrity. Um, the other thing is, I noticed, do you notice this, that with, the more you spend time with somebody, you begin to rub off on them and they begin to rub off on you. Those of us have been married a long time, my wife and I say that. You know, I'm a lot more like you than when we got married and you're a lot more like me. Some people say we start looking like, like each other after you're married. I don't know about that. Hopefully my wife doesn't start looking like me. But anyway, I, I digress. Um, rebuild. Can you rebuild it? Yeah, sure. Repent, deal with God, and apologize to someone you offended. I can't recall if I ever, I'm sure I did, apologize to those guys for taking that apple. Never did meet the owners of the house. Then start doing what Jesus says. You know, back two weeks ago, when we talked talk about honor in my small group. I said, okay, why should we honor other people? 
especially people you don't like or respect. And somebody just said, because God said so. <laughs> okay. Can't argue with that too much, can you? Start doing what Jesus said. Kind of summarize it this way. Do what is right and trust God with the results. Because one reason you and I sacrifice our integrity is because we're trying to control outcome. No, just do what's right and trust God with the results. When you have integrity, nothing else matters. When you don't have integrity, nothing else matters. Whether you're Husband-wife relationship, huge difference between a marriage of integrity and one that doesn't. Parent-child relationship, friend-to-friend. So here, this week, what steps can you and I take toward living with more integrity? Now, some of you already know. Something came to mind while I've been talking. To others of us, that's hard to see in the mirror. Married people, you can ask your spouse. They'll probably give you feedback pretty fast. And let's make a decision not or stop wearing masks. Let me pray with you. Uh, Father God, thank you. Thank you, thank you. That you know what's best for us, and you know it's a life of integrity. Um, and you know it's tough for us. So we ask to forgive us where we've especially sacrificed our integrity for such small things. And I pray we'd be like Job. No matter what happens to us, God, we will continue to trust you. You're faithful to us. I pray we can be faithful to you. And those without a... have never accepted Jesus as your Lord and Savior, never stepped across that line, never accepted his forgiveness, I pray that you do that now that you would have the integrity, the honesty to realize that you are separated by God, from God with your, by your sin, that you can't make it right, you can't fix it, but God has already done all that's necessary. And he's offered you the gift of a relationship with God and your sin's forgiven. I pray that you would just say yes. Ask God to come into your life and to forgive you. God, give us the courage, moral courage, to live Lives of integrity. Lives of integrity. In Jesus' name we pray. Um.